Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Ciao. <laughs> okay. It's me doing Tilda Swinton saying ciao. ciao. <laughs> it's very meta. She doesn't of you. have a voice in this. She does movie. not have a voice. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we'll accept that. There you go. It's Hello, Nadim. Hello, Mita. How are you? Good. I am living and breathing. Oh yeah. Good are you doing hear. the same? <sighs> Mita, I know we have things to talk <laughs> about, but I feel like our listeners should know. I'm currently in the process of moving, and by currently I mean today is August 16th, and tomorrow morning at August 17th. We have movers coming to our storage locker to move us into our house, so I'm very tired. Yes, and again, I just want to put out there, I have offered <laughs> to not record. I do not have a gun to his head. No. He totally chooses to do I it. absolutely am choosing to do it, but that's also because, and Mita keeps on reminding us, we're quite ahead. This is our first episode in September that's airing, but yeah. um, it's. I think it's always just good to have that space, Yeah. because like, if someone gets sick or if something happens, then... You know, we have done 67, 68 episodes. Wow. Without missing a week, Mita. We're never going to miss a week. Like, that's not happening, period. Like, you're, you're stuck with us. Unless we plan for it, we're not missing a I week. Know, that's the goal. So it's just nice to, it's nice to have a little, that, that cushion, that buffer. But also, like, I can't, like, I was even thinking, like, what if I decide to go on vacation next year or something? Oh, what, what would we do? Well, this is but what I can't do. see myself going on vacation. <laughs> well, no, the thing is, is that this is what we would do. We would just get ahead of the game, right? We would just yeah, plan ahead would. and make sure that for the week that we either of us were on vacation that we had it figured out. We get our head in the game, High School Musical style. So absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever watch High School Musical? I did not. It was kind of out of my, I would think I was in, I mean, that don't. <laughs> I made a face that suggested maybe Nadim will watch High School Musical. This is Mita's conversations. Me, sorry, Mita and I are our conversations for the last like year since we had figured out that this is how season two would be. Have literally just been like, hey, have you seen this movie? Hmm, interesting. And not like I do it too. Fair enough. Like in all fairness, so it's not just yes. Mita doing it. And then sometimes Mita would be like, no, we're not watching that. And I'll be just be like, I guess you will never know. You'll never know what we're doing. Okay, so this is my segue into our hot topics for today. (laughs) Because I didn't think of a a cool segue. But this is like the view. And like today is Monday and we're doing a day of hot topics. Except Mm -hmm. not, we do have a movie to review. We do. But I wanted to first talk about something light. Okay. Which is the television show Jeopardy. Have you ever watched it? Never. I've never seen Jeopardy. Actually? <laughs> I've definitely seen Jeopardy. <laughs> okay, thank God. <laughs> I was really worried there. I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, I don't Jeopardy. even know. I mean, I have a love, love, hate. No, love. I really love Jeopardy the TV show. But growing up, we had a Jeopardy um, like video game yes. on a really old computer. And I was never allowed to play. Okay. Like my, my sister and our, our family friends, they would always like, go downstairs and play it. And I think they used to do teams, but nobody would let me play because I'm significantly younger and don't know anything. Oh, yeah. So they would be like, no, you can't be on my team, Mita, because I couldn't answer anything. But I do love the television show and miss Alec Trebek 
deeply. Yes. Um, lovely man. And lovely, lovely man, Canadian lovely human man. being, and just like salt of the earth. Um, but they recently announced who will be taking over his his position as the host, and you two had actually texted me about this. But I had written this down as part of our small talk before you texted me, okay. actually. Fair yeah. enough. So yeah. I had this plan in my mind. But they have announced that Mike Richards and Mayim Bialik are the new hosts of Jeopardy. And you're probably thinking, who is Mike Richards? Who is Mike Richards? Yeah. So Mike Richards is the one of the executive producers of Jeopardy. So he literally gave himself a job to be the new host of Geoparty. I have to look up his face because is he hot? Yeah, he's good looking. Okay. Well, that is he. Is he hot? Well, I mean, that's a thing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, oh, is man. that he, necessary he like for Jeopardy toast. though? He looks like white toast. Yeah, he's just like a very like. <laughs> listeners, just look up Mike Richards Jeopardy, and you know you'll be like, "Yeah, Nadim's right. He looks like white toast. Like he just he, looks like he's not a terrible looking person. Absolutely not. He's 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 handsome, but yeah, very very bland. He's just very 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 bland, yeah. and um, he will be like the the host host of it, and then Maya Bialik, who you might know as Blossom, <laughs> she I, well, will be. <laughs> You're aging yourself what? because I think more people know her as what character did she play on The Big Bang Theory? See, nobody nobody cares about The Big Bang Theory. But I don't care about did. it enough to know. <laughs> I, know. Her I don't either. I'm just saying that she was on that. Not Penny. Penny is Kaylee. Penny Cuoco. is Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, that is like the one TV show I won't know facts about. Sorry, but yeah. So my yeah, my, Blossom. Yeah, Blossom. <laughs> Blossom is the other host, but she's going. So from how I understand this, she's going to be doing things like teen and college tournaments and like all the little special things and apparently they're going to be having primetime specials as well but i didn't read too much into that like celebrity jeopardy will be like a primetime special kind of thing maybe maybe yeah and i guess she's the host of like not normal jeopardy i don't think i'm gonna watch no alex trebek owned jeopardy for how many years it was like a hundred yeah it was his show And he, I just don't think anyone can fill his shoes. So I do recognize that instead of just trying to find someone to be Alex Trebek 2.0, they're just trying to find people to do the job and maybe just shift it away from that. Well, um, yeah, but the the thing I think that angers me the most is the last, like, few months, maybe, they've had all these guest hosts come in to kind of see who's the best option. And why are you as an executive producer doing that and then ultimately deciding that you are going to take over the role of host of Jeopardy? It's It's like kind of sleazy. It is, but don't a lot of companies do that where you have to interview externally too, even though the plan is to give someone internally the position? No, I just feel like they're taking advantage of the fact that like the host died. Like, if you're going to do that, don't make a big, like, spectacle of like who's gonna be the next host yeah Yeah. honor him also why two white people thank you well one's a woman so i'm okay with that but But why two white people because lavar burton let me tell you about lavar burton yeah what happened there he was i don't know why they didn't pick him maybe they have something in mind for him for like hosting his own game show maybe maybe like a reading game show (laughs) the reading rainbow game show yeah Butterflies in, in the, the sky. sky. <laughs> I can fly twice as high. Twice as high. You never watched Community, eh? No, I didn't. Okay, I wish you did because then you would find that even more enjoyable. But that's Geo Party. Yeah, part of the appeal of Jeopardy was always Alex Trebek, and now that's gone. So I don't know if I'll, I'll you know, 
I probably won't watch. But you can watch Jeopardy actually on Netflix. I don't know. Yeah, I was actually just going to say, I also have, we decided not to get cable in the new house because we're not watching anything. And when award season comes, I will get cable for those like two, three months and then shut it off again. I'm trying to think. There are other ways you can. No, but you wouldn't do that. Okay. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do the <laughs> illegal thing. I, I don't do that. I don't do it. My dad does. <laughs> I know. Most of the brown dads do it out there. Yeah. Samita, uh, you have two yeah. things written on itinerary. I actually have three. I know. So we've talked about one, <laughs> but I do just want to let you know, I don't think we have time for both. I have to just choose have to which choose one I want. one, and then okay, we'll leave the other them... one a mystery for the listeners. One of them I didn't do enough research for, and I don't want to, like, misspeak, and I don't want to get things mixed up. So the other one is also very lighthearted. Okay. Nadim, are you aware of this ongoing trend that celebrities do not bathe themselves nor their children? Yeah, so this is what I'm starting to realize, is celebrities are kind of a, they're a sample size of the regular population, let's say. Like, they are, generally speaking, like a a, a select people, a group of people who have a, a large amount of money. And fame, mm-hmm. but they are just yep. generally people. So is this? But they're a- also like a premium sample. They're yeah. not like you know a Clinique sample. Yeah. They're like a La Mer. It's a La Mer sample. Well, maybe yeah. not La Mer. Maybe like an Armani. La Mer would be like the Je- Jeff Bezos. Anyone of the can get an Armani sample. I can go walk up to that girl and get one. You could get an La Mer sample anywhere. It takes a little bit of like they need to know that you are maybe willing to purchase this. The full size. <laughs> this entire <laughs> Let's take metaphor turn. could be like going over people's heads. <laughs> All this to say, celebrities <laughs> are a sample of the regular population. Yes. So does this mean other people just don't bathe and bathe their kids? So, the okay, this is such an interesting concept because I had a friend in like middle school age. Well, I don't even remember how this came up, but like her mom was mad at her because her mom did she didn't take a bath or she didn't shower or mm-hmm. something. And she was just like, I didn't do it on my normal Wednesday. I did it on a Tuesday instead. And I was like, what do you mean? Like on a wet, like you have set days that yeah. you guys like shower. And she's like, yeah, like we have, those are the, those are our days. And like, they also, they had a family of like three kids. So there's five people living mm-hmm. in that house. And so they wanted to like conserve water, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I'm not in their business. Mm-hmm. But like, that was the first time that I realized that not everybody takes a shower every single day. Yeah. And I don't actually think it's gross. If I've learned anything throughout this pandemic, it's that you can go a couple of days without actually bathing. Have I done this? No, because I've been conditioned to believe I do need to take a shower every single day. So conditioned, yeah. But like also, don't you feel like there are days, I'd say about 90% of the time I shower every day. Like when I go to work, I make sure I shower. On my days off, I make sure I shower. But that's also just because... I'm more comfortable that way. That's 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 my jam. But I do mm-hmm. find that on days where I don't shower, for instance, my hair gets greasy right away. I feel greasy in general, like my face. I feel a little bit more lethargic. I find that taking a shower refreshes me. Yeah. In a way that not taking a shower doesn't. Sometimes you want to sit in your own filth, though. I do. And sometimes I do. And so I get that for like every now and then. But then I have to shower on the second day or like, sorry, the mm. third day. Yeah, like I can't let it. It can't be like, oh, I'm not going to shower today, and I'm not going to shower tomorrow, and I'm not, and then I'm going to shower like four days from now. Oh my god, that sounds so disgusting. It is really gross. Like, how do? Have you ever been camping? I've never been camping. How I do have. people do that? I've never oh, really. But, yeah, yeah, but I've never been like like hardcore camping, and I've I, I haven't gone like glamping, 
But I've gone camping where you get like cabins. There are like beds. There are showers. There are showers. So oh. you're able to shower. But it's this is not glamping by any means. No. But yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I, I kind of get it. Because like, if you don't need to, you don't need to. If you're not stinky i just don't know if that's the message they should be sending across to the world is that really what we should be talking about right now i guess the other question Kristen is, bell and dak shepherd don't shower yeah and i think the other question is how do you know you're not stinky i can never smell myself right like i can't oh i can smell myself oh interesting yeah i, I can smell myself when i'm really bad like when i'm really bad but like on the day-to-day i also have a thing i have a big thing is about smelling in public smelling bad in public mm. so like i i think i'm Conditioned to make sure that never happens. Did I never ask you to smell me at work? No. I probably would have gone to a female coworker and oh. been like, "Do I smell okay?" <laughs> Why? Because sometimes I get paranoid about it. Oh yeah. But maybe Mita, it's time to talk about something less smelly and something maybe more fresh. Fresh, vibrant. Yeah. Italia. Italian. Yeah. Because Mita, this week we watched one of your picks for me. We did. What did you watch? We watched a bigger splash. Splash! I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might be thinking like, oh, is this the sequel to Splash? It's, it's not. not. It's not. It's not the sequel to Splash. It's not. And let me clarify with an IMDb description of yes. what a bigger splash is actually about. Yes. The vacation of a famous rock star and her boyfriend in Italy is disrupted by the unexpected visit of an old friend and his daughter. I mean, that's the gist of it. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it's also, I didn't know this the first time I ever watched this movie. It is an adaptation of a 1969 French film called La Piscine. Oh. Were you aware? Because you don't look low air. I thought it was based, <laughs> I thought it was based on a book called La Piscine. There's also a film called oh, La Piscine. okay. So maybe. Both. Yeah, maybe both. Maybe an adaptation yeah. of both. Okay. Le Deux. Le Deux. But yeah, that is basically like the gist of the story yeah. there. Why I picked it. Yeah, Let me go. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> so I watched this for the first time, maybe like a year and a half, maybe two years ago mm-hmm. before pandemic. Okay. I've seen this before pandemic. And I never really knew how I felt about it after I watched it. And I hadn't seen it a second time, but it's always sort of resonated with me. And there are definitely some standout characters within it. Mm. And it also kind of helped with my love of Dakota Johnson. I'm sure. (laughs) Which Nadim continues to not understand, I I guess. So, yeah, I, I never really could come to some sort of like conclusion of how do I actually feel about this film. And so when I was making my list, I didn't actually have this on my list originally. Oh. This week's episode was supposed to be Scoop, which is uh, a Woody Allen film okay. with Scarlett Johansson and Hugh Jackman. And I, I actually, as much as it doesn't get the greatest reviews, it is one of my more favorite Woody Allen films. Yeah. But... If you listen to our podcast regularly, you know that I am no, I made the decision to no longer support Woody Allen in his career and to no longer watch any of his films, past, present, or future. Mm-hmm. I don't think there will be any in the future. No. Um, and so I, I needed a replacement and I had looked at the list that I already populated and I kind of, I'm, so I'm the planner between the yes. two of us and I already have everything plotted out for the rest of the year. Um, and so I didn't have anything that I felt comfortable with moving. So then I thought, like, what are maybe some things that I know for a fact Nadim hasn't seen that I would like to talk to him about? Mm-hmm. And this 
was like one of the first ones that popped into my mind because I never really understood the movie itself. And I wanted to watch it a second time, especially now that we've done like a year of this podcast and some more films. I feel like I've kind of been able to like percolate my own thoughts a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And so I thought it would be really interesting for not only you to watch it, but for me to watch it again, too. And so that's why I picked A Bigger Splash. I want to say that that's such an interesting reason. Mm-hmm. Like, so I watched this, obviously, because that's why we're here. Wow. <laughs> Imagine Thank I had been you. like, well, they didn't watch it yet. No, I watched this. <laughs> I'm going to watch it right now. And this is our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Part of me was kind of like, I wonder why you picked this. Like, did you, generally speaking, I think a lot of the movies that I have picked, at least, they've been movies that I've, I've had a personal connection to and I feel very strongly about. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to be watching a few movies that I, I'm, I've picked more for discussion's sake. But this one I kind of watched and I was just like, why did she pick this? Did, does she feel strongly about it? Does she hate it? Like, what was the reasoning behind it? Because mm-hmm. my big thing about this film was I had zero idea about anything about this movie. It mm-hmm. is directed by Luca Guadagino, who directed yes. the Suspiria remake that Mita and I reviewed last season. And as yeah. well, Call Me By Your Name, starring Mita's favorite actor, Army Hammer, and <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. He's not my favorite actor. He's my favorite vampire. Favorite cannibal. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't like cannibals. He's just my favorite vampire. Fair enough. Potential serial killer. <laughs> so it's directed by him, and it stars Mita's a- one of Mita's actual favorite actresses, Tilda Swinton. Yep. Uh, Ralph Hines and... One of my favorite actors. Yeah, one and yep. another one of my favorite actresses, Dakota Johnson. So yep. that's aside from that, I actually didn't know anything. I had no idea about genre, about tone. I didn't know anything. So I watched this as the blindest I've ever seen anything. Had you ever seen the trailer before? No, I hadn't. And so I, I had seen the trailer oh, like a okay. bunch of times before it, and I had a completely different idea of what I thought this movie was going to be. I'm going to go back and actually watch the trailer because I didn't. I didn't go on IMDb. I did do, did nothing. So I watched I this blind. And can I say it was a little confusing to watch blind mm-hmm. because I didn't Fair. know what was happening and I didn't know yeah. what to expect, especially because of his two films that I have seen, Suspiria and Call Me by Your Name. Their tone is very different, but also very similar. But I didn't know where this fit in. I, and what I've heard, but I've never seen it, is this is kind of um, adjunct to I Am Love. Have you? You've never seen No, I've I never seen I Am Love, no. I really want to watch I Am Love, but I also don't know how I feel about Ita- Italian films. <laughs> well, I mean, he clearly has a, a thing for Italy. I mean, he's Italian. He's Italian, but yeah. apparently Italians don't like him. Oh, why? So I was reading this thing about this movie when it had premiered at the Venice Film, film Festival. And so at, there's a character in this film. He's a, a constable or a police officer. And the actor that he'd hired to play him is actually like a very well-known Italian comedic actor. And he's in this like very oh. serious role. Yeah. And apparently people were like booing the movie when he came onto the screen and oh. like booed the movie at the end of the movie as well. But this one I've always found interesting because like when you look at critics and what other people say, nobody has a decisive point about how they feel about this movie. So like typically movies that we pick are things that people either like really, really love or really, really hate. But this one is sort of like in the middle there. Nobody can kind of make, I couldn't find anything that was like a concrete decision of like, this is how I feel about a bigger splash. And I've always found that really interesting because I'm like, does that make a good movie? So let me hear your opinion then. What is your opinion? We've We've kind of danced around it a lot. Yeah. Well, the first time I watched it, 
again, I didn't know what to think. I kind of was just sort of lost in it. But this time watching it, this movie has some like twists and like little turns Mm -hmm. that wind up being anticlimactic when you watch them. But when you think about it, it is really quite shocking. And there are things that you're like, oh, like that, I wouldn't have expected that. But he doesn't, and it's kind of the same way I feel with Suspiria. Mm. He doesn't, like, nail it. He doesn't. Yeah. It's a very interesting idea. It's, it's on paper, it seems really cool. But then when you're watching it, it kind of falls flat. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was flat the whole time now, especially because I knew what those things were. And so I knew what was upcoming. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. But also, there are so many, there are different elements of this movie that I really, really enjoy. Like, I think Tilda Swinton is phenomenal in this. She's playing a character who can't speak at all. So in the movie, her character is a famous rock star, like a David Bowie type. Um, and she undergoes a surgery, like the Adele surgery or yeah. the Julie Andrews surgery, in which she needs to reserve her voice and her vocal cords. And so she and her boyfriend decide to go on this vacation so she doesn't have to talk the entire trip. And she's not talking the entire movie. She has very little mm-hmm. lines in this. But she's able to emote so many different things from just like her face and her body. And I think like, I never doubted Tilda Swinton, but, like, this just, like, puts the cherry on the top yeah. for me. Like, she totally pulls it off and is phenomenal in this. And then the other thing that I walk away from this always loving is Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. Because I know him as Voldemort. Voldemort I know him yeah. from Schindler's List. I know him from all these, like, dark, deep, moody things. Yeah. He is such a joyous character in this and he has this whole scene where he's doing this dance to a rolling stone song to be fair that scene is really long and like they probably could cut it but they follow him from like the living room all the way out onto the pool and he just he looks like he's having a good time Mm -hmm. the entire time of this movie and apparently he did in real life like he like loved they all like were living in italy and they've gotten like houses near each other and he was just like living his best life and i've never seen him like that and never seen him in this light and he does it so well Mm -hmm. and like those are the things that i walk away and i'm like oh this this makes a good movie but then when i actually think about the plot of this and the story Mm -hmm. I'm still left confused by a lot of things. Like, why did she lie about her age? I don't... uh, Sorry, spoiler alert for everybody. So, I guess, should we go into detail of, like, I think we have to go into a little bit of detail, yeah. Yes. So, um, Tilda Swinton and Matt... How do you pronounce his name? Matthias. Her boyfriend. Matthias Schoenarts? Yeah. Matthias Schoenarts are a boyfriend and girlfriend. And then Ray Fiennes is her... Music producer slash ex-boyfriend. And Ray Fiennes is actually the one who set up Tilda Swinton and Matthias Schoenert's characters. And Ray Fiennes shows up with this young, beautiful woman who turns out to be potentially his long-lost daughter. That's the other thing. Is it? Is it her long-lost daughter? Yeah, or not. We don't know. And the four of them are just spending time together in this Italian village Mm -hmm. And just living life, and it's very slow. And the very whole time slow. you're watching it, you're thinking, like, what's what's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? Okay, they go out one night. That's cool. Oh, he's getting frisky with his daughter. That's weird. Yeah. And then everything builds up to this moment of Matthias Schoenert's character and Ray Fiennes at the pool, and he kills Ray Fiennes. And I remember the first time watching it, I'm like, oh, this is when it's going to get good. Yeah. And it doesn't. 
Yeah. It doesn't. You're still just following these four people, and I don't understand it. I don't think I love this movie. <laughs> I mean, I think that's very clear. I don't think you love this movie. But there's so many things that I do love about yeah, it. That's the like hard the part. This is kind of one of those, I think, the sum of the parts is weaker than the parts themselves. Yeah. Like, I think, I think there is actually a lot of interesting stuff in this film. And, like, even... I, I didn't love Tilda Swinton as much as you, but I also don't generally love Tilda Swinton as much as you. I like Tilda. I think she's great. But I think Mita has like a special place for Tilda. She's amazing. <laughs> I think she's really, it's an interesting character. It's a really good performance, especially like you say, she does create a character with very little dialogue. Mm-hmm. But there's so much incomplete about this film. Mm-hmm. And like, it's meant to be incomplete. Like, I don't think you're meant to see the full picture i think that's a part of the appeal and that works in some movies it doesn't work in this though because there's so much nothing that happens for so long like you were Mm -hmm. really watching for a long time and like as i was watching this and i didn't know where things were going or tonally i'm like okay maybe this is a character study and that's what we're that's the kind of movie this is because there wasn't really much of a story there really, yeah. there was no, there's no real plot until Ralph, Ralph Fiennes is killed. Like, there, nothing really happens up until that point. You just have these characters kind of interacting and through their dialogue and through the exposition, you you find out the, the history that Tilda and her ex have and what role that, you know, Matthias played into it. Like, you kind of see what the relationships are. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's what kind of movie it is. And then he dies. And I, like you, was like, okay, maybe this is where this is going and it's weird because while it's happening you kind of are like oh this feels unexpected but at the same time it felt so predictable right do you know what i mean i don't know how to explain it because you didn't expect it but you're watching it and you're like well okay sure because nothing else is happening in this movie because you're so bored throughout the rest of it you're just like oh like i don't even think they're going to be able to like actually make this have that switch it's not like widows when i have that switch yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like i've seen so this movie reminded me of there's a french film i believe or it's french english called the swimming pool with charlotte rampling yes i do i do know this have you seen this i want to say i saw parts of it i remember i vividly have a memory of like watching it be on the movie network when i was a kid but knowing i wasn't allowed to watch it so i think i like would put it on and then turn it off and then put it on. it's kind of this a little bit of a racy thriller maybe erotic thriller about this writer who's renting a house and this young woman comes to stay there and kind of this like kind of psychosexual relationship that they develop and it's Mm -hmm. a bit of a thriller it's very interesting uh it's sexy but it's thrilling at the same time and i this felt like it was trying to create that vibe sexy and thrilling and it's sexy, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. <laughs> Mita promised nudity last week, and it delivered. There's pee-pees and wee-wees and butts and boobs. It's all it's all out on he, and So Luca appreciates the human body in all of its forms, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So, and he's not afraid, and the actors aren't afraid to show off, and it's great. But at the same time, it's weird because the titillation actually feels like the only interesting thing about the film for a long time. Mm. In a way, it's kind of like the nudity actually is, I don't mean this in a perverse way, but it's kind of the only thing keeping the movie from being super dry. It's what's keeping your eye on it. Yeah. And just because it feels authentic, the nudity, because they're, you know, in the Italian South or wherever they were meant to be, and it's hot, and you you can feel the summer vibe. Yeah. 
But the movie doesn't have an emotional core at all. No, there's no like driving force no behind driving it force. because all four of these characters are like not great people. As much as I love that Ray Fiennes yeah. character, he's not great. No, he's not. No, they're all very unlikable people. Yeah, and I think that my biggest issue is that I think this is trying to, and I mentioned this earlier. This is trying to. This is a movie that's trying to be mysterious, and it's it's not meant to fill in all the gaps. It really is tr- essentially leaving giant holes along the way, but it's not interesting enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I kind of watched it and watched it unravel, but I was quite uninterested. I want you to watch it. Aside, I was so confused that first time. That's fair. Because so also the movie ends off. You find out that his supposed daughter, when she first arrives on the vacation, she tells him that she's twenty two. Yeah. And we find and okay, okay, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think Matthias? What's his name in it? Paul. 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 Do you think Paul and Penny? Penny. Yeah. Slept Penny together. Slept together. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they slept together. That's They leave t- it up to, you know, yeah. for the audience to decide. So that was my first question, if Paul and Penny slept yeah. together. But then at the end, we find out that throughout this trip, Penny has played it off like she doesn't know, like she only speaks English um, and that she's 22 when we find out she's actually 17 years old. Yeah. And knows how to speak like perfect Italian the entire time. But these two points are made to be such a big deal. And I... In while you're watching it, you're kind of just like, why did she keep these things a secret? Because they're such benign facts. But it's so weird because when I watched it the first time, I was just like, oh, like, oh, there's a surprise. But why are you telling me this right at the end of the movie? Why didn't you tell me this in the beginning? And then watching it this time, I know this going into it. And so I was looking for like clues or hints or anything maybe that Dakota Johnson would have done to like kind of allude to that fact. And it's it, there's nothing there. Like it's it's a mute point. Like there's nothing because it's so irrelevant. Like it. her being seventeen is a little bit more interesting because he does seduce. Like she does seduce him, and, and they he's now slept with a seventeen year old yeah. girl. Yeah. So there's there's definitely some interesting. But who cares whether she can speak Italian or not? Like what does yeah, that? Yeah. What does that have to do what with a, anything? What a then they tried to make a plot point out of that. And the, even the first time watching it, I'm like, why? Why do I care about this? I really want to watch the original, like, what it's based on. Oh, the French one, yeah. Yeah. Because there's a strong possibility that it just loses translation. Like, it's just, it just doesn't work in an English language film. That's fair, too, because Luca Guadagnino is not an English language filmmaker. But let me ask you then, what are your thoughts on Call Me By Your Name? From what I remember of it, (laughs) because it's been a while, it came out a while ago. Yeah. You think about, right? 2017. I did find it, like, just delightful i found it so so though i didn't quite understand everybody's sort of like uproar about this and i I think a lot of it had to do with subject matter it's because we don't see films like this very often at least in the mainstream and so i think there there was a lot of hubbub about it in that respect but it it's very simplistic and like is just what it needs to be. It's nothing more or nothing less, I feel like. Whereas this needs more. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's almost, it's like, it's under-seasoned food. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of like promises, the promise of it is so much. It's kind of like yeah. this dry sleeper erotic thriller is, I think, kind of what it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not. There's no th- thrilling aspects to it. It's not even it. that erotic. No, it, there, but at the, the same nudity time, is titillating, but it's not erotic. 
I can appreciate elements of it, though. Like, it is very beautiful to watch. Yeah. And, like, one thing that I think that he does consistently from the few films that I have saw, is he kind of tries to make you feel through, like, all five of your senses. Mm. So, like, there's a lot of um, scenes with food in this movie. Yeah. They're cooking a fish and they're deboning it and then they cover it in salt. Or they go to an old woman's house and she's making ricotta and, like, you... Like, I got really hungry for ricotta yeah. when I was watching that. And I literally went downstairs and made some ricotta toast. But, like, he, you know, that started to, like, when else are you watching a movie and thinking, like, ooh, that's making me hungry. And that makes me want to drool for something. And I think he's really effective in those ways. But you can't, like, make that a short film yeah. and, like, don't make it into a two-hour feature with four extremely talented people. And just lose out on any sort of promise. Yeah, and I think that's just so... Because I, I think what he's actually trying to do is he's trying to bring his love for Italy and, like, the Italian coast, essentially, into film. Mm-hmm. And, like, I believe this is meant to be a trilogy about, like, Italian summer with Call Me By Your Name and then I think it is I Am Love. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's the idea. And if that's the case, that's cute. Call Me By Your <laughs> Name, I think... It's, but it's cute. It's fine. If that's what you want to do, sure. I, I can appreciate that you're Italian and you want to showcase something that, you know, you're very passionate about. Probably means a lot to you as a person. Fine. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Call Me By Your Name, though, is anchored by a story. It's anchored by a real, understandable coming-of-age story. I don't think the movie is that amazing. I think... I read the book and I actually quite like the book. And I think that Timmy Shitty Chalamet and Army Hammer whoever he is, for better or for worse, have really good chemistry. And I think yeah. it actually works. And you can kind of understand that that longing and where he is in his coming out process and all of that and his his discovery, his self-discovery of his sexuality. I don't think yeah. very many movies actually do that very well, where oftentimes that self-discovery is very, it's big. And even in movies like Dear Simon, where it's cute and it's approachable, it's still meant to be this big deal. Whereas discovering your sexuality, whether you're gay or straight or, you know, bisexual, whatever you may be, is a very subtle, it's a very subtle, slow process. It doesn't happen in these grand gestures. And I think he captures that very nicely. Whereas in this, even as I'm talking what Call Me By Your Name, I'm like, this just doesn't have anything. This doesn't have, it's passionless. Except for Ray Fiennes dancing. Yeah. I was like, like, I want more of this. But it's (laughs) cute. But as a movie, it's actually quite lifeless. Yeah, there's no, like, driving force. Yeah. There's no there's no plot. It's a very forgettable film. Mm-hmm. But it is forgettable, but I always remember it because I'm like, what do I, how do I feel about this? How do I, like, what did I just watch is what resonated with me. Yeah, and I can kind of understand that. And I can kind of see, I, I think your reason for picking this makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if, I think if you had told me before, I wouldn't have really understood it, but having watched it and then you saying this is why I picked it, I'm like, yeah, I can totally see that because this isn't a movie where you watch and you're like, I liked it. This is how I felt about it. These are my points. I was kind of left feeling like, okay. Were you questioning my taste? For no, not at all. I was quest- <laughs> My big question was, why did you pick this? Oh, yeah. It was literally because I could not come up with a vantage point of like how I felt about yeah. this at all. And I wanted to see if I could. And I can't. <laughs> so you mentioned that this replaced Scoop because of your Woody feelings about Woody Allen. Do yeah. You, are you happy with that choice? Like where Scoop ranks for you in terms of fine, you're never going to watch it again. 
but you have watched it and you have an opinion about it and enough of an opinion that you wanted me to watch it. So seeing yeah. as how uh, your yeah makes me feel that like this wasn't as good as Scoop would have been. I really enjoy Scoop. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I have really fond mem like I have vivid memories of like going to the theater and seeing it for the first yeah. time. But then also like I just think it's it, it's delightful and it's cute yeah. and charming. It's like all those fun Woody Allen elements yeah. that I typically enjoy. And so I, I would say to you, like, watch it. Mm. Let me know what you think. It's also really hard to find. So that's also why I kind yeah. of was like, okay, I'll take it off the list because, like, it's hard, it's hard you, to find. You, yeah. yeah, it's hard to find. It's hard to rent or buy anywhere, yeah. too. But I – so I would say to you, like, you – I don't think you oppose watching any of his films no. right now. So I would say go and watch it because I do really enjoy it and um, for a variety of different reasons. Do I wish we watched it instead? No, I'm glad we watched this because I think, like, we're picking movies that are, you know, important to us for a variety of different mm -hmm. reasons. But I also think, like, we've said this before, but you have to experience the bad to appreciate the good. Mm -hmm. Or you have to, you know, I wouldn't say this is, like, outright terrible, horrendous, disgusting movie, I want to clarify that, and I think mm -hmm. my rating will come as a surprise based on everything I've said. I didn't hate this, though. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like I'm mad that I watched yeah. this. It's just, it's kind of just like in the middle. And I think it's good to remind yourself, like, what is the middle? Like, yeah. what is sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? What's level? It's so that average. you know when you see something yeah. that's so great. When you finally get, you know, that steak that's, I don't even eat steak. When you get that. <laughs> turkey with that seasoned properly yeah. with all the fixings as opposed to just like getting a, a dry piece of meat i think an interesting parallel we watched a separation last week and a separation is made in like an apartment essentially a very mm -hmm. like domestic it has this very real life view but one way we both described it was thrilling it was this domestic very thrilling kind of film and yeah. here is a movie that has the makings to be this really it, it, gorgeous. It, gorgeous, sexy, it's incredibly cast. And these are all these are all good actors giving good performances in an average movie. Mm -hmm. So imagine, I think it's more the the promise of the promise of what it could have been. Imagine if they had been able to deliver what this movie could have been. Yeah. Because it is also very stunning, like cinematography yeah. wise, where they shot this movie, the location. It's really beautiful. Yeah. It makes me want to travel too. But a movie can't just be location porn. And it can't it can't be location porn. And it I think it really goes to show you the importance of acting and how hard acting is. And I think for me it's more the comparison when you look at something like a separation and you look at this, where you don't know those actors at all. They are for for us. They might be big in the in, in the Iranian film industry, but they're not for us here. It, we're just watching people experience things, and you're still drawn to it. You're still drawn to the story. Here are at least three very recognizable, very attractive actors mm -hmm. who are doing their best to you know they're doing a good performance, but without a grounding story, without an interesting screenplay, without something, they can only do so much. Right. I think you feel the lack of the something here. Did you read who was meant to play Penelope? No. Margot Robbie. Oh, really? Margot Robbie was meant, like, hired to play her, but then there were scheduling conflicts with the legend of Tarzan. <laughs> All right, Margot. Yeah. And so Dakota Johnson replaced her. Okay. I like Dakota Johnson yes, in this. Yes, you have made that very clear. 
<laughs> but I don't know if you like her. I want to hear how you feel about her. My thoughts on Dakota Johnson are she's good in this. I just wish yeah. her character was better developed. Right? I, I think she, there is more that could have been done with it. I think this whole movie is an exercise in just what could have been. Which kind of brings me to my sequel prequel yeah. if we're ready to go great, there. Great um, segue, me. There we go. Look at that. I'm learning, guys. I So all four characters have led very interesting lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these four characters all should have their own separate movie yeah. of like how they got to where they're where they are so like the tilda swinton character like how she became marianne lane and like her rise to rock stardom harry hawks like when he's telling that story about how he was in the recording sessions with the rolling stones like that's a really cool story to see and i would have liked to seen that come alive i think paul should have a movie where it's him like making a documentary film Mm-hmm. But it's like a documentary style movie about him making a documentary yeah, yeah. film. And then Penelope, I just want to follow her around for like a day yeah. and see what happens in her day. It's interesting because I feel like we're watching the most boring part of these very interesting people's lives. Right? Maybe that's the point. I, like, Maybe that is a part of the point is that like <laughs> yeah. we're meant to see that like these are very interesting people. And now we're watching a very boring section of their life until one of them dies. Yeah. And then that's life. Your life could be crazy, exciting. You're helping the Rolling Stones make a hit record. And then one day you're dead at the bottom of a pool because somebody murdered you. <laughs> well, I guess the question, like, where does the title come into play? Like, what is the bigger a splash? Big splash. Yeah. I think it it's meant to be that scene where he's dying in the pool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't nail, nail it. It doesn't nail it. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the landing. It. Yeah. It's a bad dive. Have you seen that Canadian? I think she was Canadian. That swimmer at the Olympics who like went to go do their dive and they totally just blew it. Oh, no. It's really There's sad. always one or two that do it every year. Yeah. Like, just They choke and then they just belly flop into the water. Yeah. And it's so sad. Like imagine working your entire life yeah. to one moment. Breaks my heart. I thought this movie... Oh, yeah, the movie, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was going to say, the opening scene of this movie is Tilda Swinton's character going to perform at, I believe it's Wembley. I think that's the idea. It's meant to be this very, very big, sold-out, like, 20,000-person arena. 70,000. But it's it's meant to be big. You're meant to get the idea that she's huge. And then She's like David Bowie. Yeah, she's like David Bowie. And then we go to her naked in Italy. And it's it, it started off with, I wanted to see that story. Like, who is this woman... What is she doing? Like, I think the interesting parts are actually kept out of this film. They're secret. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, it's not there. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Because there's something very interesting in the power of that. In the power of keeping interesting things secret. But at the same time, you are making a movie for consumption. Mm-hmm. And this is not inconsumable. It's definitely not that. But it's just like... I don't know if it works, if that was meant to be the experiment. Like, what if we made a movie about interesting people and kept all the interesting stuff off screen? But then what's your movie? Yeah, what's your movie and what's the point? Yeah. Not quite there, Luca. Not quite there. Keep working on it. You got a career ahead of you. You'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Did he write Call Me By Your Name? No. Merchant Ivory did. Or not not Merchant James Ivory, is that his name? Like, the screenplay for it. Yeah, no, the book is written by someone else. But okay. uh, James Ivory, yes. James Ivory, okay. But he did have writing credits for Suspiria, right? Yeah. 
I think yeah. in the way that like he some of the ideas of how to it was his adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want well, to that's that? Yeah. <laughs> I just find it it just it doesn't it's just flat in general. It's flat, yeah. I'm trying to see if I had any other notes. I talked about Ray Fines. Yeah. Again, I just wrote here like this is so disorganized and out of place. Nothing makes sense. What is this film? What is disorganized and out of place? Maybe disorganized is the wrong word, but I think out of place, it goes back to what you were saying of like, there are interesting aspects to these people mm-hmm. and there's so much that could have been done, yeah. but those things aren't being shown to us. And like, maybe I w- we're meant to use our imagination and kind of see what that means. But they give us like little hints of it because they show us the backstory of her like being a rock star and her, her love story with Harry. And yeah, like, they what do. That and like. we see some random scene of them at a party doing coke, but then nothing comes of it. There's and just, it's, it's like, there's so many random things in this film. And I'm just not sure if I missed the point or if it's like that's, I think for me, the thesis of this boils down to, I'm not sure if I missed the point or if I got I the, the point and I just yeah. didn't care. That's how I felt the first time. That's how I still feel now. Yeah. So maybe we, I did. And maybe you did too. Maybe you should give me a rating. Okay, so <laughs> I know we talked about how, you know, this isn't great because it's not, you know, it's under-seasoned. But at the same time, like, there are aspects of it that I did find very enjoyable. It's beautiful to watch, and they are interesting people. And I do think it's really just comes down to the plot of this movie and the story being told. Like, there isn't the meat there to actually be telling us something that's, like, captivating and interesting and, like, really driving something home. That being said, given the fact that this is what they're given to do, I think the actors do a really good job in this film. Mm-hmm. They're very captivating. I know you don't love Tilda as much as I do, but I do really think that this is, like, I... I followed her along the entire time and she literally is not saying a single word. She's talking like this. Very, like very few words in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you feel with her as she's going through things. There's a scene where she sees like a dead body. And I felt it when mm-hmm. she saw that dead body. I was feeling it along with her. And then to add to your point of like, there is a lot of nudity. I think. Some people are really scared of nude people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a really North American kind of um, thought process on it. But what I was thinking when watching it is like you have she is playing this character who's this larger than life persona. She's a rock star. And yet she's fully nude. And typically, if you're going to play that kind of a person and have those attributes, costuming and like all those elements Mm -hmm. are a key part of that. Like, I'm going to buy it because I see you the way that you are. She's nude in a lot of this or she's wearing very simplistic things. But I'm still getting that energy and that feeling from her Mm -hmm. that she is a rock star, that she is somebody important and that, um, you know, she has all this wealth and all this power in the world. And so I do think she does a really good job with this role, as well as Ray Fiennes. I've never seen him in anything like this mm-hmm. before, and it's really quite a delight to watch. And if you, I think you can YouTube just like Ray Fiennes dancing in a bigger splash. Yeah. If you ever just need a smile, watch that because like it is a joy to watch. That being said, I don't think this is like terrible. Again, there are elements that are very nice to it. So I'm going to give it three stars, which doesn't match how I feel but it does it's like a really i'm feeling really weird about this because like in my heart like six out of ten makes sense to me 
but three out of five seems really high. (laughs) Especially based on how you talked about it. Exactly, right? But, like, it is, like, it's just, it's nothing terrible and it's nothing, like, profound. I didn't walk away from this, like, how I felt with a separation where I was, like, really moved and I felt like I learned something and I saw something that I've never seen before. This is just fine and i'm i'm glad i revisited it because i'm kind of i'm more concrete in my feelings of that like i just don't get this and maybe i'm not like european enough to understand this movie and so i'm glad that i rewatched it and i appreciate the elements that are good in this and i just don't agree with the overall film so yeah three three out of five it could change next week who knows <laughs> yeah. no i think that's such a great assessment of it actually like i think There's elements of this that actually do work. The movie isn't bad. I think that's the key thing about it, is that it's not a bad movie. You're never at any point... You're not sitting there like, oh, this is bad. It's because Mm -hmm. that's not the case. It is very well done. It is very well acted. It's very well lensed. There is clearly intent behind Luca Guadagino's direction and the screenplay as well. There is clear... There's an art here. Whether that works or not, that is really what we're ha- what we're arguing. I I don't think either of us believe that it works because it just the movie kind of it feels flat. It feels like again the most interesting parts of these characters and their lives is left in the dark, and we're kind of being told random kind of tidbits of information that like I I really don't care if Penelope can speak Italian and like if she is it it doesn't it make sense if she's a 17 year old that she's going to keep something like that secret from people just for the sake of doing it like if she's just a typical Regina George mean girl yeah right like does that kind of make sense it kind of makes sense and she's being a brat she's being a brat and you're kind of like cool she's being a typical 17 year old and you move on from it it's just not it's not pertinent or interesting information and it's not like that language could have led them to some grand discovery or something. You know what I mean? So it feels like they're, this movie is trying to do something and it just doesn't succeed in doing that. However, mm-hmm. what you do watch is a movie that is is still interesting somewhat. And it doesn't have the, I think, the passion of... I really do recommend you watch The Swimming Pool because it does have that sexiness and that kind of eroticism that I think this movie was trying to get. I think this movie was trying to be an erotic thriller and it... It was trying to be its own kind of erotic thriller, and it just doesn't do it. Mm. And, like, Body Heat is another movie that kind of comes to mind. Is that, like, idea of, like, the summer heat and how, like, sexual that can be. Again, I think it's trying to capture that. And, like, Call Me By Your Name is about, like, a summer fling and summer sex and all of that. But it captures that feeling a lot. Summer horniness is essentially what it is. But it... It captures from the that. perspective of like a horny teenager. Yeah, and it captures yeah. that so well. And this is from the perspective of sexual adults, and you don't get that. You just don't get those things. That those there's a lot of underwhelming elements here. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to surprise you, and I'm also giving this three stars because at the end of the day, <laughs> two and a half actually just does feel low because I think there's a it lot is- of things that work. I think if it had just I think if the screenplay had just been like adjusted or if Luca had kind of looked at it and looked at it from a perspective of the audience, and I think that's something he didn't really necessarily do. He kind of made a film and was just like, the audience will get it. But like, you kind of have to watch it and be like, is the audience going to get it? And I don't think he did that. But no, I am also giving this three stars. <laughs> and it's weird because I feel like we this entire conversation, we we're like, what? It wasn't very good. And we're like, but it's average. But it's good. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's just it's palpable it's like you can digest it it's like do you want to yeah that's a question like do i want to watch this a third time to try to get it but it's interesting. will you watch it a second time uh, no in my re- <laughs> here's my other recommendation no. time is very limited and if you're looking for this kind of movie i'm going to say watch swimming pool okay or that's even fair. you know the or like call me by your name i'm going i wouldn't recommend this because I think the things that this is trying to do, and if it's trying to hit that, th- those kind of moments, there are other movies that just do it better. Yeah. There's this thriller that came out a few years ago called Stranger by the Lake. Okay. And it's like a, it's a gay erotic thriller mm-hmm. about this guy who has like anonymous sex at this gay cruising spot with this guy. And mm-hmm. the guy may or may not be a serial killer. And it's very like slow and very little dialogue. And it's very... It's hypersexual, but it's very interesting to watch. It's a very interesting film. And I think that's another movie that just does this better. I just think that if you were like, hey, I'm looking for something about the summer, about a foreign location, something a little sexy, what should I watch? This would not be it. I don't know when I would recommend watching this. Because I think if someone was looking for something, there's other movies that do what this movie is trying to do better. That's fair assumption. Another sequel idea just popped into my mind. Can I say it? Okay. What if Paul made a documentary, and this is a sequel, he makes mm-hmm. a documentary about Harry's life because he's just overridden with the guilt of having killed yeah. this man. And, like, you see him, like, suffering with the fact that he's killed someone and he's still making this documentary about this person that he's killed. And then maybe he, like, takes drugs to go to sleep at night and then the, we don't know what's actually going on. Like, what's with the drugs and what's Paul? There you go. What's yeah. real versus fake? I just, Luca, call me. <laughs> I will say, I will continue to watch his movies, though. Yeah. I think he's an yeah. interesting director, yeah. I think he does. I, you know, I go back and forth with Suspiria so often. You really do, more than I any really other movie. I really do. But I do, I do think I like it, because <laughs> I have doubts. But it is so different and not like anything I've seen. And I always, like, listen back and hear your sentiment of, like, he's not remaking this original horror film like he's doing an adaptation he's doing something different with it and i think that that that's formidable and like that's something to applaud so yeah and i think at the end of the day he's a director who's at least trying things and they might not all work no and that's okay yeah but me there you go i think it's time we move on to perhaps a movie that did all work oh okay in your in your my estimation well maybe not just my estimation (laughs) we'll see (laughs) <laughs> because me thought now it's time to play different characters same world. Oh, I think we were a little off today. Yeah, mm. it's okay. Okay, Mita, I'm going to give you one actor and two mm-hmm. from the director. One actor, two characters from a movie that the director has made. Yes. Okay. Okay, so I'm giving you. Uh huh. Is this a foreign film? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Thank you. We're going to watch some English language for September, probably. Oh, my I know, right? (laughs) I'm giving you Dr. Frank Poole. I'm giving you Rupert Murdoch. And I'm giving you Lolita. Okay? Okay. And your timer starts now. Rupert Murdoch, I'm wondering if that's the actor. And the actor is McDowell. But I'm forgetting his first name right now. And I want to just guess a clockwork orange. We're watching a clockwork orange, yeah. <laughs> Good guess. There you go. Yep. 
So Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, Rupert thank you. Murdoch. I was going to say Charlie. That's his son. Yeah. He played yeah. Uh, Rupert Murdoch in Bombshell. Bombshell. Stanley Kubrick, who directed A Clockwork Orange, also directed Lolita. There we go. And also directed 2001 A Space Odyssey, Mina. Dr. Frank Poole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> so next week, we are watching the 1970s band movie, A Clockwork Orange. Band? band. Like Red Band trailer? It was rated X and it was banned. <laughs> Wait, rated X? What's in there? <laughs> you will find out, Mita. You Wow. I, we're about to take a real left turn here. Okay. I mean, we just watched the movie with a ton of nudity. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you can watch this, actually. You never do the I research. I never do the research. I'm sorry. Do the work, Nadine. <laughs> I mean, you're going to watch it regardless. Yeah, I guess so. Let me you see can rent can it for sure. It. It's just a matter of whether you, is there anywhere free to watch it? And I don't know if there is. I want to say Crave maybe because I know they've had it. Yeah, Crave has it. Crave has it. So. Yeah. Oh, Crave has it? Okay. You can watch it on yeah. Crave's. They have a lot of Kubrick. Okay. So we're going back to our Kubrick, Kubrick roots. Yeah. I wanted to Kubrick. hold on to this for a while because I don't have any other Kubrick movies on my list. And I was just like, oh, we watched so much Kubrick last year. Yeah. Three? three? We watched three, which was the most we watched of any director. There we go. So, but we are going back to Kubrick next week. La Dida. Yeah. So, Mita, before yes. uh, we sign off, do you have any parting words for us? I do. We're all obscene. Everyone's obscene. I should have done it in a British accent. No. <laughs> I think that was fine. Okay, fine. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for A Clockwork Orange. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.